Oh. 
good morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Well, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling, yes, everything's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. It's gonna be all right. Can you sing it? Oh, I gotta feel it. Everything's gonna be all right. Oh, I've gotta feel it. Everything's gonna be all right. Oh, I gotta feel it. Everything's gonna be all right. Gonna be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Oh, let's sing it one more time. Oh, I, I've got a feeling. Yes, everything's gonna be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling. Yes, I do. Yes, everything's gonna be alright, be alright, be alright, be alright. Well, God sent Moses to lead his people out, but Pharaoh's heart was hard, he thought he'd give them a new route. So he chased them all down to that Red Sea shore. He thought he wouldn't have to worry about Moses anymore. But Moses stretched his rod. Out over the sea, the Lord answered Moses with the little gentle breeze. I can see Moses now with that smile on his face, telling all the people with his gentle grace. Oh, I, I gotta feel it. Everything. Oh, I gotta feel it. Everything's gonna be alright. Oh, I. Everything's gonna be alright, be alright, be alright, be alright. Mm. Now this little boy named David went out to face the giant. And everyone laughed at such a funny little sight. This little shepherd boy, armed only with sling. Beside mighty Goliath seemed like a puny little thing. But David said, you come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. He put a stone in and gave it a flame, and when it left his hand, David, he began to sing. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling, yes, everything gonna work out for the good everything's gonna be all right be all right be all right be all right this is my favorite verse and now for the greatest story of them all Jesus was dying and hell was having a ball the demons were rejoicing because they thought they'd won the war 
soon they would not be laughing anymore. On the first day of the week, the sun woke up the earth. The caverns of the deep opened up as to give birth to a resurrected Savior with healing in his wings. And now the host rise and sing. Oh, I got a feeling. Oh, can you sing it this morning? Oh, I got a feeling. Everything's gonna be alright, be alright, be alright. Oh, let's sing it again. I've got a feeling. Oh, I got a feeling. Everything's gonna be alright. Oh, I got a feeling. Everything's gonna be alright. Do that last verse one more time. Oh, and now for the greatest story of them all. Jesus was dying and hell had a ball. The demons were rejoicing because they thought they won the war. But soon they would not be laughing anymore. On the first day of the week, the sun woke up the earth. The caverns of the deep opened up as to give birth to a resurrected Savior with healing in his wings. Now the host rise and sing. Oh, I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Oh, I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Oh, I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright. Be alright. Be alright. Line. It's gonna be, be alright, be alright, be alright. Oh, one more time. Be alright, be alright, be alright. Praise you, Lord. It's not gonna be alright because I say it's gonna be alright. It's not going to be all right because the doctor says it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right because the Word of God says it's going to be all right. Let come what may, the Word of God's true, and it's going to be all right. I've... Service goes better on Sunday morning when we come in awake. And I'm telling you that it's going to be all right. Settle it in your heart from the beginning of the service. It's going to be all right. Enter into His presence. Come on, let's come into his presence with thanksgiving today. Let's give him praise in the house today. Let's welcome him in his house today. Lord, we love you. Lord, and we thank you that everything is going to be all right because you've made everything all right. When you come out of the grave, everything was all right. And Lord, you're coming back again, so everything's going to be all right. And we're going to rule and reign with you for a thousand years, and everything's going to be all right. And then you're going to, then hell is going to be defeated once and for all. The last enemy to be defeated is death, and everything is going to be all right. Lord, we honor you today and welcome you in your house to have your way and love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. Why don't you give him one more hand of praise? It's going to be all right. I might add, in spite of what CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC has to say, doesn't matter what happens in Washington, or doesn't matter what happens in the Ukraine, or in Taiwan, or anywhere else, everything is going to be all right. If you're looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, he's worthy of it all. Every praise is going to be all right. Because he paid the it's already paid in full. It's going to be all right. We have our ushers this morning. We'll receive our Sunday morning tithe and offering. When you get there, Cody, go ahead and bless it. Testimony here. I was lost in shame, could not get past my blame until he called my name. Can you sing? I'm so glad he changed me. Darkness held me down, but Jesus pulled me out. I am no longer bound. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he changed me. See, I'm a new creation of Christ. Yes, I am the old has gone there's new life i live by faith not by sight hallelujah there is a new name written down in glory and it's mine yes it's mine oh i've met the author of my story and he's mine yes he's mine there is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. I've met the author of the story, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. Oh, sin had left me blind, but Jesus opened my eyes, now I can see the light. I'm so glad he changed me, now I'm walking free, I've got the victory, see it's all over me, yes, I'm so glad he changed me, see I'm, I'm a new creation of Christ, the old has gone, there's new life, and I live by faith, not by sight, oh think about what you're saying this morning, there is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. Oh, I've met the author of my story, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. There is a new name 
of his blood this morning.
you can't see. Oh, I thank you for the things I cannot see. You've been a shelter in the storms of life, a shield surrounding me. Oh, and I thank you for the mercies you provide. Every morning, Lord, I know you could have walked away, but you stayed a thousand times. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, yes, I once was lost, but now I'm found, a hopeless case, an empty place, that's where I'd still be, if not for your grace, I'll thank him this morning, oh, I thank you. For the things I cannot see, Lord You've been a shelter in the storms of life A shield surrounding me And I thank you for the mercies you provide Oh, think about it this morning I know you could have walked away But you stayed a thousand times Sweet the sound I once was lost, but now I'm found a hopeless case, an empty place. If not for grace, one more time, where would I be? You only know. Only see 
through eyes of love. Thank you, Lord, a hopeless case, an empty place, if not grace. I was a hopeless case. We all were an empty place, if not for grace. One more time, I was a hopeless case. An empty place, if not for grace. Hallelujah. A hopeless case. Yes, I was. I was a hopeless case, and so were you, if not for grace. I'm thankful for the grace of God today. Thank you, worship team. You can be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> He's out of here. We're going to turn to Luke 15 this morning, but while you're turning, I'm going to talk to you as your pastor for just a few minutes. Luke 15. Something that's been on my mind a lot since Wednesday. I touched on it Wednesday night, and I want to begin to make it a theme. Begin to make it a priority. Just leading this morning. This is not rebuke or anything like that. This is just leading this morning. We've got to love God and love people. We've got to love God and we've got to love people. One of my mentors, you've met him, Ron Cox, taught me, has taught me over the years. He said, pastoring and, and ministry never lose sight of the fact that it's 95% people and 5% other stuff. Many times the ministry and the church, that's what we get caught up in, and we get caught up in the other stuff. But it's 95% people. We do other things besides, you know, there, there's, there's the work of the ministry, there's the work of the church, there are the things that have to be done. So there, there's a percentage of things of church that, are, that has to be done, but it's 95% people. That's why we're here. We're here for people. And there's something that, because I believe Magus is called to this region more than just the people along Highway 12. I believe we're called to a region. I do. And there's something that loving God and loving people, I want to remind the local church because Acts 1 and 8, you know it says you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But I want to read past it. It says, you have my witnesses in Jerusalem. Where were they? Where were they when, when, when Jesus was speaking? They were, at, they were at the Mount of Olives. They were in Jerusalem. Yes? Hello? It's okay to be here. It helps me, in fact. It says, You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria. But I'm going to tell you that the first calling was to where they were at. The first calling was to where they were. 
We, have, we send missionaries all over the world for MAG. In fact, I travel all over the world because of MAG, taking the gospel to the people. But it does, what in the world good would it do if we evangelize the world but we don't touch right here? Our first calling is right here, church. I read something this morning that from a friend that I just want to throw out there. It's a reminder to the church. It says, don't let anyone sit alone. Invite them to join you or sit with them. I, I'm, I'm talking to the church this morning. Before This is not the message. This is, this is just being a pastor. Are you here? We have people coming new every week. Right? I, you can look around and see just like I can that this is a low Sunday. This is not typical. We're, we're usually much fuller than this for whatever reason. But we have people that walk in every week and they need, when they walk in the door at MAG, MAG should treat them like they've been here all their life. I'm going to say it again. Uh, somebody that walks in these doors should be treated like they've been here all their life, not like that they're the, the new kid that's coming to school. Y'all remember the new kid coming to school? Maybe you were the new kid coming to school. It, it, there, it's hard to walk in a new place. There's nothing easy about walking in a new place for the first time to go to church. Hello. We have dinner on Wednesday night and dinner and breakfast on Sunday morning. When people come in and we've invited them to it, they come in, they sit by themselves. That's that's the natural thing to do because they're the new guy. Sit with them. Talk to them. Oh, Brandon, I got as long as I got. I don't, ha- I don't even have to preach this morning. Well, I was, they came and sat by themselves, and I was already seated. I've got one on each side, a right leg and a left leg, one on each side. And they know how to stand up and move over and sit with somebody. Home folks, this don't mean a thing to you, evidently. But it means the world to the person that's walking in the first time. See, I'm not satisfied with that's foreign no more. I'm just going to keep talking until you get it. Friends can wait. Friends can wait. The guests on Sunday are why we exist. Friends can wait. They know you. You're already friends for a reason. Come on, somebody. Like how you're shouting. Friends can wait. The guests are why we exist. Be intentional to introduce yourself to a guest. That means do it on purpose. And introduce someone else to a guest. And the final thought is what I started with. Let's all remember that we're missionaries first. Right here. Right here. Right here. Our first mission is right here. How many want them to come back? 
this is why people come back. It's when they're made to feel like they belong there the first time they walk in the room. Somebody just needed to know that. Everybody needed to know that. It was just, it's just a reminder. It's just a pastor being a pastor. I don't know if y'all know that the pastors do more than preach on Sunday morning and whatever we do through the week. We only work three hours a week, so you've got to catch us fast. some reason there's a lot of people out there that believe that <laughs> we, it's more like we sleep three hours a week and the rest of the time we're, we're, we're doing something but this is actually what a pastor does this is, this is to lead the flock be faithful I'm going to remind the church the church folks now I'm still talking to church folks be faithful I know the time has changed and the weather's nice and th this and that. I understand human nature. I mean, a month ago, we were packed out because, you know, the time hadn't changed yet. And the world was a little shaky, so people were a little afraid and a little scared. They run to church. Well, I'm going to tell you, God's God every day. God is God every day. He is God. Every, he's, he's, he's God Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. He don't, he's God. He's 365 and a quarter days a year. So I'm going to be faithful to him, and I'm going to set aside some time of my week, not because he needs it, because I do. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I, it's going to go along with what I'm preaching, but I'm going to, since I'm on the subject, if we, if, we're not, if we find every reason in the world, see, you think because I'm a pastor, I'm talking about that you've got to come to church because it satisfies me. Well, I want to tell you, it encourages me, but I'm never satisfied. I'm always wanting more. But see, church is, church is, for, is because we need each other. Especially now, as you, uh, the Hebrews writer said, even more as you see the day approaching. Well, I see the day. I can see it. We ought to be together. We ought to be together. I'm going to tell you, sir, your lawn can wait. They're going to shout any time now, Brandon. Your lawn can wait. <laughs> I could go on. I could go on. It's amazing how faithful we want God to be. And it's just a reminder. It's not a rebuke. It's not anything. It's just a reminder. And by the way, let me ask you just a couple more questions. Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, all these things. You know what? I've told you before. I'll remind you again. For everybody loves this church and loves what's happening here and loves how it's rolling. I hear it all the time, man. We've never been at this place before. The things are happening on it. We love it. And I'm going to tell you, the thing that's required for it all to work is, is, is for people to be here. It didn't work. It, it don't work and it will never work if you're not here. You say, well, I am here. I said, well, you might not be next week. And there's people you're watching live stream. That you're all going to watch it. Y'all all watch it. I hear from you all the time. And it's just, it, this is just sound pastoring. Just to remind us. My job works. Your job works because you're there. And because you give it your all. Evangelism and missionary work works when everybody gets involved and they welcome the people 
and they make and they make this house his home and people are able to come in and walk in and feel the presence of God and hear from and hear the word of God and be lifted up by the presence of God you need him you need him I need him and I'm thankful that he's faithful that's all Luke 15 Luke 15. It's going to be a familiar account. You'll know it as the, as the account, the, the parable of the prodigal son. Now listen, we all have prodigals in our life that we're praying for. Every one of us. There's not a, there's not a person in this room that doesn't have a, a relative, a, a loved one, someone, your friends, someone that means something to you that, it was, that has walked away from the father's house. Not a one of us. We're all affected. And you know what? We pray for the prodigals, and I believe that God hears the prayer, and we see them return. But I, I, I want to talk to you this morning but when we begin to read. But there's something I want you to understand, that, that it's easier and better to intercept the prodigal before they, become the, before they get there. You're not understanding just because you, I want somebody maybe in this room today. Maybe a young person in this room. Maybe, maybe a grandchild. Maybe a child. Maybe a, a spouse. Maybe somebody that's watching by live stream. To understand that you're uncomfortable in the Father's house. And, 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 the, and, the, and the appeal from outside is beginning to show in your mind. And you think that there's a better option. And I come by to, to try to intercept you today to tell you that you don't, that see, the prodigal never had to leave. It, it wasn't necessary. And it wasn't automatic. I'm going to tell you today what the purpose of today is, is to intercept the prodigal before he gets to the pig pen. What, what's the old saying that, a, that, a, that a, uh, an ounce of prevention it's worth a pound of cure. The Bible says that, that uh, uh, one that's offended, one that's stumbled, that it's harder to win than a walled city. So it's, it's, better to, it's better to keep you in the house and give you a fresh view of the Father's house than it is for you to get to the pig pen. I was listening to the, the late and the great Evie Hill recently some of y'all will remember him i think he was one of the greatest preachers of the last hundred years he pastored in south central los angeles he was he was uniquely his own but he knew how to get a point across and i remember hearing him speak about the road to the pig pen this morning i want to speak to you just for a little bit about the road to the pig pen. See, you don't just wind up there one day. You don't just, you don't, people who walk away, fall away, they, it doesn't just, it's not just a, from point A to point Z and it just go from here to here. It's a road. It's a process. And you don't have to go all the way down that road. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus is speaking. 
In verse 11, he says, Then he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. So he divided his estate between them. And not many days later, younger sons gathered everything together and journeyed to a distant country and squandered his possessions in prodigal living. The first thing I want to warn you about this morning, on the road to the pig pen, the first thing that happens is when you decide that you need to be in control of your own life. That's the first step on the road to the pig pen. Listen to me. My, my, the word of God says that my life is not my own. He says you are not your own. That you have been bought with a price. Whenever you're here. See, that it means that you've been redeemed. Redeemed means that you were, that you were a slave. That you were a bond slave. And someone came and, and paid the price. Paid, laid down the, 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 the cost and bought you back. And therefore now you belong to them. Listen, now I belong, the old songwriter said, now I belong to Jesus. And Jesus belongs to me. The first road step on the road to, to misery. Somebody hear me. The first step on the road to misery, on the road to the hog pen, is whenever you think that you're better off being in control of your own life. The Bible says that there is a way which seems right to a man. But the end thereof is death. How many of you remember when you were a certain age and you had it all figured out? I have never understood... While we begin a career around 20 or whatever and we work until we're 65 or so and then we retire and, and all that stuff, I never understood why all that, the, all that work was wasted on the age when all the energy was spent on youth. And why we don't do this where people leave home when they're 12 and work till they're 20, what, all the, when they've got the energy and the time and they still know everything. If you would get out and work when you have all that energy that can't be contained, you'd stay out of trouble and you can earn all the money you needed for the rest of your life because you know it all. It's not unusual. It's not an unusual thing for people to begin to see the Father's house as a burden. Somebody hear me. If you're under 20 today, it'd be a good time to listen up. If you're over 20, it might affect you too because you're not too old to walk away and do the wrong thing. But I'm going to tell you, we're living in a generation like I've never seen. I tell you often, I hate to talk in terms of generations, but I'm going to tell you, there's something going on with a generation that we have never witnessed before. This is more than I don't like daddy's music. This is more than I don't like the way grandpa done things. 
This is a, everybody's stupid, and I've got it figured out, and I'm going to go out and do my own thing, and consequences be damned. See, the road to the, the first step on the road to the hog pen is whenever you take your life into your own hands. It says, give me what is mine, and I, he come to his father, he says, give me what is what falls to me and I'm gonna tell you what our father will do I gonna tell you what our father will do because what was happening I've told you before you it's not the first time you've heard the account of the prodigal son what was in the Jewish culture you would understand of course even in our culture you've got to understand that he was asking for his inheritance and the last time I checked, inheritance normally comes after somebody dies. Isn't that when most of the isn't that when inheritance typically falls to somebody? They've worked all their life, they've, they've accumulated what they need, and if they have anything left, then it falls to your children. I gotta tell my kids that if I have anything left, it's a big if. <laughs> I see that on License plates and bumper stickers years ago that read like my will and said, Being a sound mind, I spent it all. <laughs> but what he, the prodigal was saying to his father was, I've come to the place that I don't need you. You're dead to me. I better get over here. The speaker doesn't like me there. He says, You're dead to me. And young person, you may not know it sometimes, but whenever, whenever you're defying everything that you were ever given, whenever everything is put in your, on your plate, whenever everything is put on your bed, when there's clothes in your closet, food in your refrigerator, air conditioning to lay under, and you start making demands that, that, that you haven't earned, what you're saying, in effect, is you're dead to me. I've got a better way. But this father said, all right, I don't see any argument. Do you see any argument in the word of God? It says, he, so, he, so he divided what was his and gave it to him. So he takes his life into his own hands because he's got a better idea. And, he, and you see, I want to tell you something. He went into the world with something that he still had never earned. See, what you don't earn, you don't appreciate Everybody wants the, the quick road to success. Is this true? Overnight success. Let me tell you something. There's no such thing. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Oh, you may see people that reach success before they, before they have any character to support it. Well, I, let, me, let me say that a different way. They haven't reached success. They, they may reach a, a pinnacle of earning. They, they, they may make a lot of money. They may come to a place where, where, where things have fallen into their lap because of their gift, because of their talent, but they never had the character to support what, what, they, what they were working towards. And what happens? They collapse. He, says that he, he said he journeyed into a far country. See, 
his first step out on the road to the pig pen was that you take your life into your own hands. And the second thing that happens is you begin to get into places that you're not familiar with. He, he starts attaching that he started attaching himself to people that he had no acquaintance with. He started uh, uh, going into the paths of life that, that he knew nothing about. No doubt, think I, I've, got, I've got the money that I need, I know it all, and, when, and so I can go live any way I want to because I've got everything I need. And you've, what's happened in his household is he has left the wisdom of his father. One of the things that's even happened in the church world today is that, is that we, in the church world, I'm talking about the church world, when the church world is off course, whenever the house of God is off course, what can you expect from a generation of young people? Come on, somebody. We've decided all we need is youth and energy, that we no longer need wisdom in the church. And I'm going to tell you that, we, that the, 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 the Proverbs say that, that the gray hair. Now some of your hair is not gray to the eye, but it's gray. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? <laughs> Young person, young Christian, maybe, maybe you're not young in years, but you're young spiritually. You need the wisdom of the elder. We need, we, we got to have, we've got to have the wisdom of experience. Because I know that, I know I've got people listening to me now under the sound of my voice that think, that think grandma's crazy. She, she's just out of touch. Hey, front row, this would be a good time to listen. Grandma's out of touch. Mom and dad's out of touch. They just don't understand the world today. They understand more about the world than you ever dreamed. They, they, got, they understand more about how this thing operates than you can, your mind can conceive. My daddy used to tell me, listen, boy, your, your brain don't even connect to your spinal cord until you're 25. What do you think you know? Oh, I know that, that this, some of these things have been going on since time began. Since there, was, since there was children to be had. But I'm telling you, we're in a world today that's on their way to the pig pen and nobody is putting up even any, even any roadblocks and then they're crying whenever they can't find them. They're crying whenever they, they, they didn't lay down any ground rules. They're crying when they didn't say, hey, you got to stop. They're crying when they say, you think you know, but you don't. And, you, and they have a little fight at home and you throw your hands up because you don't want to fight. Amen or on me. And I, I say it cautiously, fight anyway. Mom and dad, you need to understand that, some, that, that it's worth fighting for. They're worth fighting for. They're worth fighting for. It usually takes... A, <laughs> Man, I, uh, give me a minute to be nosy. Automobiles are a privilege 
not a right. I've only just begun. Privilege. But beyond the privilege, it's a privilege that nobody that's not driving needs. I don't care. You can get mad at me. Young person, old person, you can get mad at me. Oh, Pastor, you just don't understand. I, hey, hey, 40-year-old daddy, 50-year-old daddy, whatever your old grandma that you think I'm meddling in your life right now that you don't misunderstand, I'm going to tell you right now, you're the one that doesn't understand. I'm going to tell you right now that you're the one that needs to listen for just a few moments because you're not dealing with it on the scale that I am week after week after week and seeing the same pattern, the same heartache, the same problem. You don't know about it. You think you just got a little unique situation going on in your life and you're not ever even willing to admit because, see, you want the problem is, is dad and mom, oh, I'm about to hit a vein and tell you your problem is pride. Let me tell you why I'm saying that. Because you, you ain't going to have your baby going to school without the Apple 13. Oh, well, I've hit pay dirt for just a second. I'm, I'm, I'm down, down to the nuts and bolts, right down to the nitty-gritty of why people do things. You've been warned that the pedophiles are walking into your child's bedroom through that piece of equipment. You've been warned that, that, that they're affecting their mind by the things that, are, that, that they're being taught. 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 They're being taught by what comes through social media, by what comes through the, the latest influencer. But what, see, they call them social media influencers for a reason. They call them influencers for a reason. They got hundreds of thousands of followers. They call them influencers for a reason. I remember just maybe six months ago in Houston, they found they lit a social media influencer dead in the street. And it turns out the influencer was killed by her husband because of the influence. And you just want people to know that you make enough money for your baby to have that latest phone. You just want people to know that, 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 that you can afford that car. You just want people to know that, that, you're, you're, that you're cool. But I'm going to tell you that you're, that you're killing them. Man. Most of you, that some of you don't know, but there's a few new ones. But I, I, I told God when I started preaching, when I, said yes to, when I said yes to the call, that I would preach anything, anywhere, and I'd say anything to anybody without fear nor favor. And I came to tell you today that it may not be popular, but I'll tell you without fear of man, I don't have any friends but God in the pulpit. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you're not listening to me, you're on your way. You're, you're not only sitting. See, this, this father didn't have any choice, but we have some choices. And if you're not listening, you're, you are not only not keeping them off of the road to the, to the pig pen, you are, you are packing their bags and, and, paying, and paying for it on purpose. I've seen some of the sneakiest, underhandedest, undermining heartache that I've seen in my life in the last year, all via right here, right here, 
right here. Uh, that's, Heather's not the problem. Right. I turned it around, baby. I realized that you were smiling at the people. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. It's a road from the father's house to the hog pen. It's a progression. He wasn't translated. It says that he left his father's house and, many, and he went into a faraway country. So you think, a young person, you think that you're going to leave and that you're going to be better off because you, you got the money. All you, all you, 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 you had everything you needed except the money and now you got the money and you think you're going to be better off when you finally get rid of those nitwits and go out and, do, and live your life the way you want it. So then he went to a faraway country. What's a faraway country, man? It's a place that you're not even familiar with. That you couldn't have imagined it. You may have seen a picture of it. See, that's the, see, that's the lie. <laughs> that's the lies of media. That's the lie. Yeah, I mean, education is great. The things I, I mean, the internet's a great tool. I'm not anti-internet. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an alternate world where people think that the, that the, that the, that the, that the, the internet world is reality. They, they, and, it's, and, it's, and they think because they've seen a picture of it and they've read about it and they don't know anything that surrounds it. See, a picture may be worth a thousand words, but it won't give you the detail you need to know of what's going on around it. It won't give you what you need to, to live there and experience it. I mean, yeah, there's people that they, they romanticize. I, I've been to Africa, so I can speak to it. They romanticize about, I'm going to move to Africa, I'm going to do that. And they get over there and find out there's lions. There's things out there that'll eat you. But the pictures are beautiful. I'm going to tell you right now that there are things out there that will eat you. Went to a far away country, a distant country, and squandered his possessions on prodigal living. Spent all that he had on prodigal living. And when he had spent everything. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something about this road. Let me tell you something about this path to the pig pen. Let me tell you about this deception that, that mom and dad are idiots. And, and, and if you just had your way. And, I'm not, I, I, and I hope you all understand that I'm talking to more than young people today. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to young people. I'm talking to mom and dads. But I'm also talking to people who think they've got it figured out outside of the word of God. This is not a message for, for under 20. This is a message for everybody. See, see, you can be a prodigal at 80. You can, you can walk away from everything that's right at 80. I've seen ministers that walked away from everything that was right because they followed their prodigal instead of their prodigal following them. Did you hear what I said? I see a growing trend where people are giving away their values 
but just to satisfy their baby. It's happening all around us. People right now, this morning, are giving up on the things that they know are true just to get along with a deceived age. How do I know? Because they're voting things into office that they'd have never tolerated 10 years ago. Woo! Let me say that again. Well, I, I, I just say it this way. I'm going to tell you everything that you're facing that's anti-God, that's anti-church, that's, that's anti-moral, that's against everything you know that's right that's going on in, in the government of America today, it's because a, a, a huge percentage of the church voted for it. So you're always going to touch on that. You better know it. You better, they didn't get there on their own. And they didn't get them. They didn't get. They didn't get there. They, they couldn't have got there if the church didn't participate in it. It's not only right. It's righter than right. I ask you a question: How how, how did we get a country where right is wrong and and right, and right is wrong and wrong is right? How did we get there? How did we get where good is evil and evil is good? How did we get there? Now, now, there's a lot of countries that they didn't get there the way God... I, see, I, if I was preaching in Africa this morning, I would preach a different way because I'd be in Africa, preaching to Africans about African situations. But I'm in America. Oh, y'all don't even understand what I'm telling you. You don't understand what I'm telling you. See, the Word of God speaks to where you're at. How, do, how did we get to, where, to abortion on demand up till the point of birth? We voted for it. How, how did we get to a radical left LGBTQRSTUV plus agenda? How did we do that? How did we do that? We voted for it. You say, well, I didn't vote for it. I'm going to tell you that a huge percentage of the church in America voted for it or they wouldn't be there because see this country still claims to be 70% Christian which we can all agree that that's hogwash you make me uncomfortable preacher I hope so I hope so I hope so I hope so see the gospel is not, the gospel the gospel is a stumbling stone of offense It says they went into a faraway country and having spent all. I want to tell you on this road to the pig pen that starts whenever you take your life into your own hands and you get attached to a crowd that you don't know and you're a land that you're not familiar with. I'm going to tell you, church, I've told you before that the devil takes all. The devil takes all. He's playing for keeps. It says when he had spent all. On riotous living. You're, oh, your plan didn't work out. It turns out you do have to work. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I could stop there and say it turned your inflation's going through the roof and everything. It turns out it turns out that free money is not free. Amen. Who'd have thunk it? It turn it turns out it turns around, young person, that you do have to work to maintain a living. It turns out that it doesn't just fall in your lap. Turns out you didn't know everything on the way to the pig pen. It turns out that everything that glitters isn't gold. It turns out that the best, the best part of your plan was in your imagination before you ever left home. Somebody preach. Somebody right now thinking, my mom and dad's driving me nuts. And they, and they on the phone that they shouldn't have saying, my mom and dad are dumb. You wouldn't believe what, you wouldn't believe what they're saying. You wouldn't believe what they're saying. Oh, honey. And they told me the other day we were going to do this, and that was, I, I thought, that's so sus. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of this place. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the second that that clock strikes 18 years old. I'm out, girl. They just don't understand. Behind every runaway that ends up dead somewhere or sold into, into trafficking was, was somebody, was a kid that thought they knew better. They, were, they thought they had a better plan. They thought they couldn't get in trouble. They thought that they wouldn't get addicted. They thought that they wouldn't, that they thought they wouldn't get raped. They thought they wouldn't get pregnant. They thought they wouldn't. They thought they wouldn't. They thought they wouldn't. They thought they wouldn't. And when they had spent all, he takes all, everything. He takes all. Now I want you to know something. We're still not to the pig pen. And I'm going to tell you something. At any point that he could have came to himself and turned around, at any point, when it, at, he could have got to the end of the street and thought, man, this is dumb. How many of you, how many of you ever packed, packed everything you had when you was about six years old and you was heading out into the world alone? Mom, mom made you a sandwich and sent you on your way. About the time it got dinner time, it didn't seem like such a good idea, and you just turned around and came home. You can come home anytime you want to. Come home anytime you want to. Oh, now, now let me, now here, here's something else. That got, the devil takes all. Hey, they thought they could get out there and do it. Uh, can I tell you something? So they thought they had a plan. They, somebody listen to me right here. Some, they thought they had a plan. They thought they had the money to do it. And I, I need somebody to hear one thing, that there's no way it's impossible to make success out of sin. It's impossible. It don't matter how you move the pieces, all the formula, or how you make it work. It's impossible to make success out of sin. It's impossible. Oh, I see successful people all the time. You do? I always ask questions like, well, was Robin Williams successful? He had money. But was he successful? When you come to a place in life, when you, when you hang yourself in your closet, when you've got everything, was Kate Spade successful? 
See, the road that, see, the, see, there's a way that seems right, but the end thereof is death. Let me tell you something. And, and then it says, in verse 14, it says, they spent everything. When he, had, when he had spent everything, it's amazing how being broke starts changing your perspective. When he had spent everything. But see, he still didn't go home. It says when he had spent everything, God sent a famine. It says there came a famine in the land. Let me tell you, God knows when to send a famine. So you didn't know that God uses everything. He has all power in his hands. Let me tell you, he, he, you didn't know a famine was coming. You wasn't planning for a famine. And I want to tell you, a famine can come at any time. See, I noticed that the, that the famine didn't come until after he was broke. Orchestrated events. Roadblocks along the way. Things that are put out there that are terrible, but they're put in your path. To, it, it wouldn't put there to kill you. There came a famine in the land. The famine didn't get, the, the famine's nasty. The famine's ugly. The famine's deadly. But the famine didn't come to kill him. There's things that God will put in your life. That, that, that sometimes it's, I tell people, pray. If you're ready for that prodigal to come home, start praying God whatever it takes. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to pray God whatever it takes, you better be prepared for whatever it takes. Listen to me. Pray it. It's worth it. It'll bring them home. It'll, it can save their life ultimately. But you've got to be prepared for whatever it takes. Because sometimes it's hard times. Sometimes it's, it's a crisis. Sometimes it's a tragedy. But it wasn't put there to kill them. It was put there to turn them. It says there came a famine in the land. And he began to want. I'm going to tell you something about the road to the pig pen. When, it, when you get down to the bottom of it and you're getting to a place where you never should have been. It says, so he hired himself to a citizen of the country. Now you're having to depend on other people just to survive. People that don't have your best interest at heart, but you're just trying to make it. I'm going to tell you, it, it was just a countryman. I can tell you that the man didn't care, any, didn't care a whit about this boy. How do I know that? Because he had this little Jewish boy feeding hogs. See, he didn't have any business being with the hogs. He's, he's a Jew. They don't, they, don't, they don't keep pigs. They don't eat pigs. They don't, they're, they're unclean. You ain't hear me. But now it's a matter of survival. The plan's not working out on the road to the pig pen. He says he went and hired to a citizen of the field to be the spine. He said, he, he said, it didn't say he ate with the hogs. It said he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the husk that the swine were eating, but no one gave him any. See, people preached that he was eating with the hogs. They wouldn't even give him the hog food. Because I'm going to tell you, when you get so far out there, everybody you thought that was going to support you, everybody you thought was a part of your big plan, everybody that you thought was going to, it was going to be such a fun life, they don't care about you. They're not even going to give you their hog food. Good luck. Hmm. But verse 17 says, When he had came to himself. 
Let me tell you something right here. There's something about the hog pen that you never, you never had to get there. You never had to get all the way to the hog pen. You could have turned around at any place. You may be, may be sitting right here in this place. Maybe you're down the road leaving the house. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're still there physically, but in your mind, you're already in the far country. You can turn around right now. You can turn around right now. It never, it never has to materialize. You can stop right now and turn around. Because I'm going to tell you, there's something really interesting about the hog pen, Brother Jackie. The hog pen will give you an entirely different perspective of your father's house. There's something about the bottom of the barrel. There's something about, see, that place that you can, when I turn 18, I'm out of here. Man, what, well, what's wrong? Well, they, they got these rules. And they got these do's, and they got those don'ts. They got these, you ain't going to do that and live here's. It turns out when you, when you, when you, when you, when you kind of got used to eating, it turns out that that free bedroom with air conditioning and a refrigerator in the kitchen was way better than the, than, than the money that didn't make it to the end of the month. It turns out when you're in the hog pen that being home by whatever time you said, see, I didn't want to set the time for you because somebody would say, well, the preacher said be home. Are y'all hearing me? It turns out that all those things, they weren't meant to hurt me. They were meant to protect me. It turns out that from where I'm at, I'm talking about the kingdom of God now. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the things of the word. It can be your home, but I'm also talking about when you get out there and think that you didn't really need to live that way. I didn't really need to, I didn't really need to live the way the Word of God tells me to live. I didn't really, I didn't really need to, I didn't really need to do all the things. I didn't really need to live holy. I didn't really need to live pure. I didn't really need to stop talking that way. I didn't really need to stop watching that trash on the internet. I didn't really, I didn't really need to stop slipping over to so-and-so's house. I didn't really need to stop sleeping with my boyfriend. I didn't really need to, I didn't really, I didn't really, I didn't really, I didn't really, I didn't really. Is it, is it on? From the hog pen, he says, I'm going to go home. And I don't have any expectation of it being the way it was. He said, see, I'm in the hog pen, and, and I was a son once. I, I, from the hog pen, you can see that you were a son. You can see that you had everything. You can see that there was nothing. You had no needs. He said, but you wouldn't even talk to you now that you came to yourself. When you start having a different view of home, when you start having a different way of view of getting back, when you start having a different view of God, when you start having a different view of mom and dad, when you start having a different view of all this, you say, I used to have it all, and I spent it all, and I wasted it all. I don't deserve to even go back. He said, I, I'm not going to go ask to go back how I was. He says, in my father's 
house, the servants have it better than I have it here. I'll just go back and ask to be a servant because my servant, if I'm, a, if, I'm, if I'm a servant, I'll have a place to sleep that's dry and warm. If I'm a servant, I'll have food to eat. I just need my, I see, you came to a place that you couldn't even meet your best, the basics of life. And you don't want to go back the way it was. You just want to go back because you know that you can make it if you make it home. But I got good news. When he came to himself, he says, I'll go back. He says, even the servants have an abundance of bread, and here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And I will no longer worthy to be called the son. Make me one of your hired servants. So he arose and came to his father. And I want to tell you what just happened. It was more than sorry. It was more than sorrow. See, he was in the wrong direction. He turned around. He turned his life around. He turned his life around. See, repentance. Repentance is not, I'm sorry I got caught. And I'm sorry that this happened. And I'm sorry that, or I'm sorry that I'm broke. No, I'm sorry. And I was going this way in riotous living in a faraway country with people I had no business being with. But I came to myself and I'm changing directions and I'm going to go back. He says, why did he go back and say, I'll be a servant? I'm going back in, instead of in pride, I'm going back in humility. I'm going back humbly and saying, I know I don't deserve it. I'm going to tell you, I never deserved to come to him. But it never was about what I deserved. It was about the love of the Father. See, every one of us that is in the Father's house today spiritually are there because he loved us. He'll let you walk off. I don't think he read, uh, unless you're reading a different Bible than I am, he let, them, he let him walk off. And he, he gave him what he asked for, but he never, boy, I see it, listen to me, you've heard me say it before, but he spent, he, 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 didn't, he, didn't, leave the, he didn't leave the estate and he never spent another dime on him. See, I'm pretty convinced if, 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 it, if the prodigal's father would have handled things the way we do today, that the prodigal would have never came to himself. So the prodigal spending everything he had on righteous living. Now, nowadays, the father spends everything they have trying to, trying, to find the, trying to find the one that never wanted to come home. If you keep feeding it, if you keep feeding it, if you keep feeding it, if you keep facilitating, if you keep facilitating, if you keep, we'll use a psychological term, if you keep enabling, if you keep enabling, if they never come to their self. Father gave him his demand, and he went on his way. And he never left the place and never spent another dime. But when the boy came to himself, he says, I'll return to my father's house. The Bible says, read it. It says, it says that when he started coming back, he said his father saw him from afar off. What's that mean? He let him go. He let him have his way. But the whole time, every day when he was out working the, working the estate, when every day when all the people were working for him, every day his father was doing what he was supposed to be doing. But every day his eye was down that driveway. His eye was down that road. His eye, see, whenever he, started, whenever he said he said he coming, he saw him coming from afar off. And when he saw him, it says the father ran to him. I'm going to tell you, if you'll make the turn, spiritually, if you'll make the turn to go back, he'll run to you. 
child in the natural that you're living in rebellion and you hate mom and dad and you don't have to get all the way to the pig pen. But I'm going to tell you that the second that you turn, the second that you turn, they'll run to you. He said, he didn't even have the chance to say, I'll be your servant. He saw him coming. He said he ran and he fell on his neck. And he said he, he said he saw him from a great way off. And his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And said to us, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But I love conjunctions. But the father said to his servants, Bring me the best robe and put it on him. Bring me a ring and put on his hand and put sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for my son which was dead is alive Again, see, he didn't come back. He, he, did, he didn't break him a servant. He said to the servants, put a robe on him that says that I'm going to clothe him in, my, in who I am again. Put a ring on his finger. That, that was sonship. That means he's mine. That means that was, there was power in their ring. They sealed, they sealed their, their letters. They sealed their, it was their signature. It, it means that boy, it, put the ring back on his finger that says he's family. Put shoes on his feet, which means not a slave. The shoes on his feet means not a slave. You see, the slaves didn't wear shoes. The sons did. And, and not only am I, not only am I going to let him come back, but I'm going to kill the prize beef. And I'm going to call everybody I know and tell them my son, which was dead, is alive again. We don't even have time to talk about the older brother, but I'm, I'll come by to tell you this way that today that there's a, there's a progression, there's a road to the hog pen, and you, you can turn around right now. You don't have to go all the way to everything's gone. You don't have to go all the way to the bottom. You don't have to, you can turn around. You can get a better view of, of life. You can get a better view of the Father. You can get a better view of your home life. You can get a better view and get it in, and, and God, and at any point, God or your parents, will restore you and save you a mountain, a mountain of heartache. See, outside, when you, when you go off on your own with your own plan and you go into a far place where you don't know what's going on and when the money's run out, there's nothing left but heartache. But thank God there's a way home. Thank God there's a way home. Church, I've never seen anything like what's going on today. Never seen anything like it. We're in an interesting place where used to you had to, they had to leave the house for you to lose them. But we're at a place where they can where they can be as far they can be might as well be in China and they're in their bedroom.
moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, it's time for some whatever it takes prayers. Why am I preaching this this morning? The biggest reason, numero uno, is so families and people wake up to the fact that they don't have to go all the way. That there's signs along the way that says what they're doing. When they're making a demand on you, when they when you hear the demand, they've already left in their mind. And the time to intervene and to start praying and whatever it takes intercession is right then. Not when you don't know where they're at. Be what they need spiritually. As a church with spiritual prodigals, we're going to be what they need. We're going to tell you the hard truths. We're going to give you all the tools you need to, to recognize where you're at and turn around and come home. That's really what it's about this morning. Is to come home. If you'll stand with me all over this place. Father, I pray today that your words, that your word has fell on fertile soil. Lord, I pray today that eyes are opened of, of, the, of the potential prodigal and of, and of the spiritual parents. Lord, I pray today that people, that we've got people, young people and, old, and, and, and all ages that are standing on the, the precipice of, of, of walking away thinking they can make something better of this life. Lord, I pray that you would make the word real today and that there's no, that there's no success in sin. And Lord, that, but, but before they take their first step physically out of the house, Lord, that, you, that they come to themselves and that they return to the Father. I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we, before we leave, all over this house, I, I know what, as sure as I'm standing here that everybody in this room is either has a prodigal, dealing with a prodigal, or you're, you are on your way to being a prodigal. Or maybe you already are. You know, you can be here and still be a prodigal far from home. Can we uh, together, can we together start, begin right now, together, can we call the prodigals home? Can we do that across this place? I believe that would be the, that would be the order of the hour. It's just together in intercession for the next few moments that, that, you, that you begin to call and I'll begin to call together. Are you ready? Father, Lord, we're asking you right now. All over this house, maybe someone that's watching all over the world or we'll watch later Lord that that we call our prodigals home Lord I pray that you would send whatever it takes your word says that there was a famine in the land 
Lord, whatever the famine has to be for them to come to themselves. Lord, I pray in whatever it takes prayer for my prodigals, whatever it takes. Lord, for, for every broken-hearted mom and dad and grandparent, maybe they don't know where they're at or maybe they know exactly where they're at and they just can't reach them. Lord, I pray that, that to the south and to the north and to the east and to the west that you would begin to send the whatever it takes to call them home. Lord, I pray today for my own heart. I check my own life. Lord, that I'm still that I'm still happy in the abundance of living in my father's house. Lord, that that I that I can see the robe, that I can see my shoes, that I can see the ring on my finger, that I never lose sight of ha- that, I, that I have everything I need in your presence, in your house. Lord, for anybody in this house that in their mind they have already stepped out into the, out of the safety of who you are, out of the safety of their, of their physical human family today, that in their mind they're already traveling, Lord, that you would cause them even now to come to themselves. Lord, save them the heartache that's mercy. Bring them home that's grace. And Lord, we need you for it. We need mercy and grace today in every situation all over this house. We call their name to you today. Put them in your hand today. Let our eyes be open today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody in the house said amen. And amen. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck and tell them that you love them in the name of Jesus.